And good morning, good afternoon, everybody. Thanks for coming in to Mining Stock Daily for some intraday market commentary. Uh, quick run of the numbers. Uh, gold has was having a nice run. Uh, December gold was trading as high as $1,975. Uh, has lost a little bit, about half of what it's gained. Currently trading at, uh, what is it, 1965. Uh, silver, same way, had a nice run up, um, but has lost about half of what it's gained uh, early this morning. We continue to see this consolidation in both precious metals. Uh, happy to be joined by Rob Sin, CEO technician, uh, based out of Florida. Rob, welcome back to the show, my friend. Good morning, Trevor. It's good to be back. Uh, so here's here's a conversation. We talked about this consolidation. It's consolidation can happen over a long stretch of time or in price action. Uh, from what we are looking at here, it's, this consolidation looks timely rather than uh, you know big moves in price. Would you agree? Yeah, in the junior mining sector and gold and silver, you know, it, it, we start we sort of started this in early August when things got a bit overheated there you know like that was when i think it was august 6th that silver almost hit 30 dollars an ounce and it had kind of gone in a straight line uh from the low 20s in a very short period of time so yeah we've been in this digestion process for the last month or so and if you're an investor in the, the smaller more speculative mining stocks it probably hasn't felt very good because we've seen some of these stocks even get cut in half in the last month, but that was after a very big move earlier in the year. I mean, you know, we we had stocks make enormous runs from let's say early April um, through, uh, you know, the start of August. And so, you know, this is what happens in the sector. It's just it, it's what happens, and nobody can time it perfectly. Uh, but definitely something I've been noticing on Twitter and some of the chat boards in the last few days is people getting very impatient, starting to dump their stocks because they're tired of waiting or, or they've lost, you know, quite a bit in the last several weeks because they maybe bought the top or something like that. But I, I feel like, I feel like we're sort of getting to the end of this process and maybe, maybe we have another week. There's still some more paper to churn through in some of the mining stocks. But we're starting to see the charts look a lot better, um, and we're starting to get up to some key levels where, uh, if we can close above them, we could have uh, confirmation that the, the the bottom is in, you know, and it, it's time to go higher again. Yeah. So, what are some of those key factors? Are you looking at metal prices? Are you looking at some of the key ETFs and the miners? I'm looking at all of them, just the, you know, the full, uh, you know, picture out there. I mean, gold, obviously, uh, you know, it, 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 the key psychological level is, you know, somewhere between, um, 1975 and, uh, the, the low 2000s, right. That's kind of a key, you know, layer that every time it, it gets up there, it sort of gets knocked back down. So we kind of got up to, 1975 at the highs you know here this morning and you know we saw some selling and, and we pulled back about 10 bucks so you know it's a process um and i wouldn't expect us to go straight through 
that zone. Um, but the fact that 1920 keeps holding on the downside in gold is a very uh, favorable sign that that th there is active you know buying and accumulation going on in this market. And the mining ETFs are making higher lows. Um, and, you know, above key moving averages. So th the uptrend longer term is fully intact in this digestion process that's mostly through time, as you stated, the last five weeks is actually very healthy. Uh, well, you did mention the, some of the impatience happening, and uh, that's fine because I think a lot of the uh, the smart money in there will wait for that uh, impatience to kind of, <laughs> set its course so they can buy it, come in and, and, and buy some of those uh, shares at lower prices, right? Yeah, I think that's right. I mean, especially in, in the, you know, juniors uh, that did private placements, maybe, you know, they did a private placement in May, late May, and some of that paper is unlocking or has unlocked. And so it's a process to sort of work through it. Um, and, and that's just what happens, you know? So, so you do want to look at the stocks you own and look at when they did, they, they did their last financing and then sort of get an idea of who owns that stock, who owns that paper and how much is going to come out. But once we work through that paper, probably throughout this month, um, I, I think that the fourth quarter of this year will um, be generally favorable for the sector, especially if gold is making new highs, right? Mm -hmm. uh, we, you and I typically talk a lot about precious metals, but we haven't really spent a whole lot of time talking about, Rob, is base metals, and that is the move in copper I wanted to focus on uh, with you. Um, you know, I, I will be the first one to admit that uh, this move surprised me. Uh, I actually was trading around this copper move and uh, actually sold some of my positions for profit uh turns out i sold them too early <laughs> so uh what's uh, what do you what are you thinking here with the, this latest copper move and is it more uh, macro uh events economic events happening with china buying commodities and preparation for infrastructure building um you know what what kind of attention are you giving to the uh the uh dr copper metal here i mean the chart looks great and, and you're totally correct i mean I underestimated how strong copper was going to be. Um, and we have seen more accumulation by China. And the fact that they're getting rid of some of their uh, paper, you know, from the U.S., you know, which they hold over a trillion dollars worth now. And they're going to bring that down a couple hundred billion uh, probably over the next few months. Um, that that those dollars which they, they, they actively want to get off the dollar as much as possible, um, that, that's going to go into hard assets, you know? And so I think, I think copper uh, will uh, have, um, it, it, you know, it, it's a favorable environment for copper. And we've seen, you know, the, the FCX chart, a large copper miner just making new 52-week highs almost every week, you know? And, and a lot of people didn't think that would happen back in April when the pandemic was really raging and, and people were thinking uh, that the world economy would, you know, would shut down for, you know, the rest of the year. And, and as, as tends to happen in markets, 
the the unexpected happened and and the exact opposite happened and you know as we've said many times you know when i've had these conversations here on the show um you know you you sort of expect the unexpected uh sometimes and that's what we've seen you know in copper Mm-hmm. Yeah, absolutely. It's 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 been a fascinating move, and like you said, you and I both were surprised by it. Um, but uh, you know, it is what it is, and where there's a, uh, it just shows you there might be some more opportunity. We we've seen the foundation, the groundwork laid. So, see how this thing continues to move forward in the fall. I wouldn't be surprised to see a little bit of a pullback uh, in the copper price, but uh, there's an opportunity there if it does happen. Yeah, I mean, obviously, the 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 three dollar level, you know, is a big psychological uh, point. Uh, but we've we've actually gone above that now, you know, after spending a lot of time right there. Um, so I think the next level in the chart is around three thirty, you know, for copper. Uh, so it, you know, it it might take some time to move up there, uh, but I would not be surprised if copper does make it there by the end of the year. And that's obviously favorable for all the, uh, you know, mining shares that have anything to you know, do with copper. Yeah. Uh, let's talk about a couple of the exploration equities that, uh, you have been looking at and writing about, uh, you know, I don't, I don't want to spend, uh, the entire time talking about uh, a couple stocks that have done really well for you, but uh, let's can, if can you give me uh, two companies that have done well and maybe two companies uh, this uh, summer and fall that uh, maybe uh, have been a little bit of a disappointment for you? Well, uh, so let's start with uh, you know West Haven Ventures, which has been something that's done well for me in the past, but has not done well for me in 2020. Um, and just sort of, it seems like they can't get the market's attention. Uh, you know, I, you know, I guess that that's the, the, the problem when you have, um, you know, very big, uh, you know, results, you know, which they did a couple of you know years ago at shovel nose. And recently, they haven't been able to match that, and the market's just sort of bored, you know, with uh, sort of the same story being rehashed over and over again. But I think that actually, this is sort of an interesting time where you have a company that has had the market's attention in the past, and in some way, it still does, but current shareholders are probably not super happy um, and, and a lot of people really aren't paying attention to it because there's a lot of, of other companies that are doing well, right? And, and, and the market is sort of a popularity contest. But right now at Shovel Nose, uh, they're out there with three rigs, uh, and they found this new fronds zone, which comes right to, you know, surface, you know, and if you know anything about Shovel Nose, uh, there, there's a lot of overburden, you know, on this project. So you don't see a lot of rocks, um, you know, at surface that give you an indication of, of what's underneath. So they made this new find at the front zone. They got a rig out there right now. And they, they think that the front zone is the extension of vein zone one at, you know, shovel nose. And that would be highly 
significant if that turns out to be true. So we don't know yet. This is just rocks that are outcropping a surface, but they, they sampled some. And the, the, you, you can take a look at the pictures in the presentation. And the grades were very impressive. The gold grades were, were, were very high, exactly what you would want to see if this is vein zone one. And the pics, the pictures they posted, looks like the right stuff. So again, uh, I'll say some caution with those statements because we still need to see the results uh, that will come out probably in the next couple of months. But it, it, it looks good to me. It makes sense to me. And the market really isn't paying attention. So I kind of like that setup. And, you know, it's a story I've followed for a few years now. And, and it was a big winner a couple years ago. And it's sort of fallen back, you know, under the you know radar because they haven't been able to you know replicate um those those, those big holes you know that they drilled a couple of years ago mm-hmm. um how about one that uh maybe has exceeded your expectations has done really well for you banyan gold probably is well. i mean there's so many it's funny like <laughs> You know, you asked me that question and I cover so many stocks and I, I own probably 30 different stocks in my portfolio. And, you know, you asked me that question and I sort of draw a blank, but Banyan Gold has been a 10 bagger, actually more than a 10 bagger in 2020 after spending four years in the doghouse completely irrelevant company and it's come to life in 2020 and so i'm grateful for that and i'm i I love the story i love the you know ceo i love the project projects uh they came out with news yesterday so take a look at that i won't go into that too much but they expanded their property package there uh, around the ormac project um, staked a bunch more claims and, and acquired uh, some more, you know, claims to the West. And in my mind, that's great because it's, it's telling us that she thinks that this project could be very, very big. It could have a tremendous scale to it. And if you know anything about mining, you know that the big companies that acquire the smaller companies love scale. They want long mine lives and big projects. So, uh, you know, the program is ongoing there. There's a there's a, a rig that's focused on a new zone that has shown some high grade gold hits in the past. So we should get news flow from Banny and steady news flow for the next several many months. Uh, and that's a project that can be drilled almost year round, which is very rare for one of you know, these far northern projects. Uh, so I'm, I'm a big fan of Banyan. I've, I've made a lot on that stock in 2020. Um, I'm biased, you know, and, and I'm a shareholder. Yeah. Well, it is a very, I think it's one of the most exciting districts in the world right now, to be honest with you. I mean, with the, uh, with the development of, um, Eagle mine, uh, uh, just down the road, and then Alexco uh, going into production on the other side of the road uh, there in the Keno Hill District. Uh, 
And then there's a number of different exploration plays surrounding Banyan as well. I mean, it's a really interesting district as far as uh, getting mines up online and going. Um, you know, I think the a lot of the red flags that people still carry is it is Yukon and there are challenges. Yeah, I, th- I think those are great points that you make. And, and, you know, you're right. So there's a town which in the, you know, Yukon, a couple hundred people or 300 people in a town is kind of a big deal in, in certain parts of the, you know, Yukon. You have an airport. Uh, you have good road infrastructure in, in the area. And you're right. There's a lot of activity. Uh, there's, I mean, it's, it's a, you know, legendary area of the, you know, Yukon where there's been silver mining there since the early 1900s, extremely high grades. You know, we're talking in some areas, 10 kilos per ton. Uh, so it sort of has all the right stuff, you know, and, and it it does, it makes a lot of sense, but I think, you know, the really key thing is that a lot of these projects in uh, you know Mayo or near Mayo can be worked year round, and the road access makes a big uh, uh, you know difference in terms of the economics because you don't have to, to use helicopters. Yeah, yeah. Uh, Rob, that's all the time we have for today. Thanks for joining us, my friend. You're welcome, Trevor. Thank you very much for having me. Yeah, that's uh, that's Rob Sin, CEO Technician. Follow him on Twitter, also CEO CA. He puts out a lot of good stuff. If you're not on his email list, he, he brings you a new email every morning around market open, if not prior to. Uh, good thoughts and uh, some, you know, Deep thoughts by Rob, CEO technician sometimes, which is always valuable. Uh, That's it for this morning. We'll be back later today with some more market commentary, everybody. Take care.